This podcast is brought to you by Fear Free, the initiative that takes the pet out of petrified and puts treat into treatment. Learn more at fearfreepets.com. This is the Fear Free podcast series. I'm your host, Steve Dale, and this is the first podcast I've done quite like this because for the first time we are talking, and I'm so excited about this, I know I'm going to learn, about horses and Fear Free. Dr. Stacy Boswell is board certified in equine surgery. Dr. Boswell, welcome to the Fear Free podcast, which I hear you're a big fan of. So thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to be here today. And as always, I'm so excited to talk about horses. All right. So let's begin talking about horses. I mean, when you first heard about Fear Free, even at that point in time, several years ago, did you think, I can't wait until they get to horses because horses really need this? Yes. So I joined this uh, mixed animal practice that I'm in in January of 2018. And they said, before you start, we need you to do the fear-free modules. And I went through the very first level one module. And all I could think about was, well, this makes perfect sense. This is how we do it with horses. This makes perfect sense. This is how I do that with horses. This is how I could apply this to horses. The whole way through, my first conversation with Marty Becker was February or March, so two or three months later, and I have been advocating for equine fear-free ever since day one. Now, it's not that dogs and cats and other animals don't benefit by fear-free. I mean, they do, and there's now data up the wazoo to prove that's the case, as well as practices, as well as people in those practices, the veterinary professionals, both their safety and financially benefit. I mean, we know that is all the case. Why do you think, or did you think back then, that we can help horses too? Why would that be important for horses, for equine medicine? For equine medicine, same thing, big reason as in small animal medicine. We can keep our staff and ourselves and our patients and clients happier and safe. And because we do that, that means my staff, our staff will stay here longer. I will have less burnout. And that means my technicians have more experience because they've been here longer. And that means that leads to better patient care. My patients will accept the care because they know that I'm not going to hurt them, right? Um, so so I'm, I make it worth their time um, and I give them, I'm, you know, the way we're friendly with them and we have a considerate approach that allows them to accept the things we need to do. Um, so it's, it's good for everybody all the way around. Now, I, again, I, of course, fear-free is beneficial to dogs and cats. I mean, uh, at this point, I think we know that is the case. For yep. horses, I would even argue in some ways more necessary than for dogs and cats. Do, do you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. So uh, of the core concepts, when we talk about touch gradient, every equine veterinarian that ever lived uses touch gradient every single day. 
and they don't they don't necessarily think of it with that label but if you're not using touch gradient you will startle a horse and then you will get hurt at some point um and that is the first thing when i watched the small animal modules i mean it was one of those moments where i was like oh well obviously <laughs> i've been using touch gradient in horses for 10 years but i didn't ever think about doing that on a dog or cat it makes such a huge difference to the animals that we're just not startling them um and so yes absolutely for horses it's even more important because they they're so big they can hurt you really bad i mean a, a big dog can hurt you um but a horse can really hurt you bad. So it's it's critical to be able to do our job successfully. And and I want to talk uh, just a little deeper about that. So dogs certainly can startle, cats certainly can startle, as can people, you know, I and mean, there's no question about that. But when, when a horse, I, I would argue a horse, from my limited knowledge, can even more easily startle than your average dog or cat or person. I have to think about that. They do startle more naturally for things that they can't um, see as well. So things behind them tend to startle them more. Um, I think that because their response to startle is to run or to move their feet, we might notice it more. Hmm. But I definitely think that there are times when I have like, let's say we have a visiting student or a new employee. I have felt the dogs, my dog patients startle pretty hard if we're not using touch gradient. So I think they just startle in a way that's different. Um, so it's very noticeable in horses because they're very big. <laughs> yes, I've noticed that. So what are some of the other core concepts that do matter to you? Um, all of the core concepts matter. Um, considerate approach, general control, and touch gradient. Um, so we've already talked we've already talked about touch gradient. So um, let's talk about general control just a little bit. So sure. for example, in a horse, um, you know, in the dogs and cats, we can put a licking mat there and most of the dogs don't even notice when we're giving an injection. Well, for horses, we can hold, a feed bucket right in front of their nose, or we can feed some alfalfa cubes or some treats, and the horse does not notice that injection as much. I recently had to do some injections. I had to do a Coggins blood draw for a Coggins test and some vaccines on some horses that were almost halter trained, but really had not been handled, and they had not been handled to the point that they did not know how to eat a treat out of my hand. They were very wary of our hands, but they knew what a bucket was and they knew what a bucket of grain was. And so we put the bucket of grain in front of their nose and one person on the side with one hand on the halter. And because I was able to use touch gradient and a small needle, I was able to get blood and do the vaccine and in this instance, the owner said that went way better than I expected it to go. Hmm. And I created these young, they were yearling two-year-olds. Um, I created a good experience with them, with veterinarians for the rest of their lives. So this is a big difference between dogs and horses. Um, horses live for 
30 years. And so when we create a bad experience, when we have, when we incite a fear response, we have a lot of time. My entire career could be spent with that same patient. So it's, it's important that we acknowledge how long that memory can last with a bad experience and how that can affect not only us as a veterinarian, but the next person that's coming up out of school behind us um, may have to contend with any, you know, mistakes we made that caused fear in our patients. And you said the owner said that went really, really well. Does oh yeah? Does that matter as well? The fact that you're uh, you're addressing the emotional needs of that animal and doing so successfully does that matter to horse parents, if you will, just as it does? I know for dog and cat parents. Yep. So in a bond-centered practice. Uh, which is what we like to call this type of equine practice, um, that that bond is critical. Um, horses carry us, and when they do that, they literally carry our lives, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that bond between a human and a horse can be very, very deep, and it can be for that whole 30 years. That's a long time. So um, I don't know that every owner thinks about the emotions deeply, but I know they recognize it. That went better than I expected. Or I definitely have several horses and one mule that come to my practice because they know um, I'm going to handle their horses with kindness and with care and that this horse accepts injections from us because of our approach and does not do well or has not done well in the past for a different approach for another person. And so, in fact, I had a person, a client recently move and she was very concerned. Now, what do I do? Because we've made my horse better. My horse accepts vaccines every year. Now, how do I maintain that now that I'm moving to another state and it's going to be another veterinarian? Now, what do I do? Mm-hmm. So it's, it definitely is, recognized and understood by owners when their animal is happy and when their animal is not. And it, it doesn't matter what the animal is. They know they can see it. And, sure. and they, they give you that feedback. They tell you as they're here, Oh, my dog loves it here. Oh, you're the only vet that I want to see with my horse because you spoil him and give him treats. Um, you, you know, you make my horse feel happy. I definitely hear the, that feedback every single day. Whether they think about it very consciously, I'm not sure, but they definitely recognize it. And they'll tell you, they'll tell you what's on their minds if we're listening. You mentioned earlier the Coggins test. I honestly don't know what that is. Uh, right. So uh, equine infectious anemia is a virus that's spread by biting flies. So like horse flies, deer flies. And um, it can cause some serious problems for the horse as far as weight loss and illness um, and not being able to produce enough red blood cells. Mm. Um, So, and there's no treatment for it. It's fatal. Um, There's also no vaccine for it in the United States um, or at least in North America. So um, we, the only tool we have to keep this disease out of our equine population is to test every year. So if your horse travels across state lines, if your horse goes to a competition, um, it is required to have a Coggins test 
within the last year in most states. Florida sometimes will have Coggins every six months, so they'll have it even more often. And that's required. So, so this so becomes a, a medical need. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a blood test is what you're saying? Yes, so it's that's an, correct. Yeah, so it's a necessity. So if this, if every time this happened, this necessity once or twice a year was a bad, bad, bad experience, that sets up everyone for failure. However, it seems to me that if it's a positive experience, then the horse can actually kind of, for lack of a better way of saying it, look forward to it. Is that true? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I have a client that uh, purchased a horse in another state, and before she brought it here, a veterinarian poked that horse 29 times to get a blood sample. Hmm. And she has subsequently... Uh, she has brought the horse here for some happy visits, for some victory visits. Um, and we've done some training, but that horse, it was a young horse. He was two. will carry that experience with him forever. Yeah. And it, it's, it's way, way harder to work on a horse with that kind of bad experience versus the yearlings and two-year-olds that I worked on where we were able to do it with some distraction and create a good experience. Now, if you're interested in, or if you practice equine medicine, uh, or a technician that uh, just loves horses and works maybe with horses, is there now an equine uh, certification for Fear Free? Yes, we are so excited about the How equine Fear Free you? modules. How excited? I am so excited. So on a excited. scale of one to ten, on a scale of one to ten. I'm a 12. I'm so excited about this. Um, so I feel very fortunate to be involved. There's eight modules. Um, and we worked as a team on those. There is um, Dr. Nita Haynes did, I'm sorry, Dr. Nita Hines did a lot of training videos as well using clicker training, positive reinforcement training for cooperative care. She has a horse and this is amazing. She captured the horse's yawn and the horse on command will open its mouth for a dental and oral examination. Wow. That's, it's that is cool. Amazing. Yes. So awesome. There's so much good material in these modules. We have um, probably 60 or 80 videos throughout the eight modules. Wow. We have a ton of videos in there. Um, I, I mean, our technology and our iPhones is, has been so good. All the videos that I submitted uh, were right off my iPhone, but it's just really great because it's hands-on. Here's how you do it. Um, and here's a demonstration of, of what we're trying to describe because a picture is worth a thousand words, but the videos really, really make it worthwhile. Well, and that's fearfreepets.com. I think that's a record number of videos. And uh, you once said, I, I believe, that Horses are like giant rabbits dealing with them. And you know what? I knew instantly what you were talking about. But for those who aren't familiar with horses or rabbits, explain. So we are a predator species. Dogs and cats are predator species. The way our eyes are set in our head, the way we perceive the world, the way we respond to the world is very similar. When we look at rabbits and horses, their eyes are to the side, so they can see around the horizon a lot farther. 
they may not focus as well as we do. They may not have that depth perception. So it's important for a predator to be able to judge distance. But for horses, what they really need is to detect motion. So their vision is different. Um, and they're a prey species. So their response, their first response to anything fearful is to run, is to move their feet and leave. And if you think about a fearful rabbit, that's exactly how a horse's mind works. So I'm always amazed by how much horses will let us do. They'll let us put them in a trailer where they have no option to run and then drive up the road with them where they have to pass all kinds of scary things. Even though their first instinct is to run, they let us take that only defense away. So horses, if they have the option of leaving, will generally just leave. Um, you have to really corner a horse to get them to a place where they're going to bite or kick or go after you, which is different than the startle response. They may kick because you startle them, but to really be aggressive in that way, you really have to corner them um, to do that. So just the way that they perceive everything around them is totally different than the way dogs, cats, and humans see. Um, their sense of their sense of smell is as good as dogs is um, very very close so that's important uh contrast with vision so light versus dark is super important they don't see colors that great they're red green colorblind um but they they do perceive motion and they they can see almost all the way around them just standing without ever turning their head and everything you just said really illustrates or articulates why Fear Free is in some ways, maybe, maybe even more important for horses than it is for dogs and cats. Dr. Stacy Boswell, board certified equine veterinary surgeon. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. It has been such a pleasure. If you are already registered for Fear Free, be sure to keep up with all the Fear Free happenings, access the new toolbox items, and find all those additional courses at fearfreepets.com, including the one we just talked about. If you're not registered, find everything you need to get started at fearfreepets.com. If you're a member interested in pursuing practice certification, get more details on the same site under the Veterinary About section. And if you're a pet owner who just stumbled upon this podcast, welcome and learn more about the resources we have for you at fearfreehappyhomes.com. <laughs>